Wildling Press presents How Do I Book? Welcome to How Do I Book by Wildling Press. We like to chat about book writing, book publishing, book marketing, and of course, book reading. We're trying to help new and experienced authors develop their craft, widen their perspectives, and learn to get a little wild every once in a while. I'm so excited today because Mike and I are joined by Wildling's very own C.K. Fullerton, author of the upcoming Blood and Brujeria. Hi! So excited to be here. Yeah, we're definitely happy to have you here. Thanks for joining us. Thank you so much for coming on the pod today. Okay, first things first, what are your pronouns? She and her. Awesome. Well, happy Valentine's Day, everybody. Woo! We asked CK to come on the show on this particular day of love because we want to talk about romance, baby! We consider CK to be an expert on the romance genre, so we want to pick her brain a bit. But before we get into it, CK, do you want to tell the listeners a little about your book and how you got started writing in general? Yeah, definitely. Um, Blood and Brujeria in the Shadows. This is the first book of three, um, and it's a paranormal urban romance about a half-witch, half-vampire named Cassandra, who comes from a family of vampire slayers that protect the city of San Diego. And while she's out slaying vampires, she discovers an influx of um, all these new vampires coming into the city, causing trouble. And so she works together with her friends to try and figure out where all these vampires are coming from. And on the way, she rescues a troubled vampire named Landon, who ends up kind of being a part of the mystery, but not everything as, as it seems with him. Um, so the first installment of this book in the series features a plus-size Chicana female lead, a diverse found family, lots of magic, and lots of unapologetic smut. Yes! That sounds awesome. We are so excited about this book. I've had the pleasure of working with CK on it um, throughout production so far, and we're super excited about it. It's going to be awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah, even with the sneak peek that I got of it, it was just really exciting. I can't wait to read more of it. Yeah, CK, I don't know if you know this, but Mike is actually the one who, like, acquired and like recommended your book to the rest oh, of us. Oh, how cool. I didn't know that. Well, thank you. Yeah, that was me. <laughs> it was one of my first like entrances into reading like romance. And when I've, I've read a few before, but this one just really piqued my interest because of the paranormal side of it too. Just the combination. It was just, it was fun to be part of and, you know, and dive into that world. Awesome. Yeah. And I feel like it's really, the genre is really exploding right now. So I consider like paranormal romance to be a subgenre of fantasy romance. Um, and in general, it's just having a huge uh, upsurge. You know, one of the reasons I got into writing again, I wrote when I was a teenager and then kind of fell out of it in college. Um, but during the pandemic, like rediscovered reading like so many people. And I used to love fantasy, YA fantasy. And then I discovered fantasy romance. And I was like, oh, my, this is like the adult version of what I loved as a teenager. But it, these characters are dealing with things that I deal with. 
you know, and so I got to still get my fix of like escapism with fantasy and like going into a new world, but also it was for an adult. So I actually related to the characters because when I would read YA as a 30 year old woman, it was like, it wasn't really hitting the same way because my, my life changed. So that was really what inspired me to get involved um, in the genre as well. That's so cool. So you said you did some writing in like high school and yeah, what what kind of stuff would you write? It's still paranormal. Um, I mean, I was a huge Anne Rice nerd. So um, lots of witches, lots of vampires. <laughs> some of the stuff I read back, I'm like, that was Anne Rice fan fiction. But, um, I read like so many fantasy romance novels in 2020 and 2021. Like once I got into it, I was like, I'm gonna just immerse myself. And I read like, probably 40 books in two months like it was like really intense oh my gosh <laughs> wow and like a book Whoa. a day sometimes <laughs> yeah and then not all of them were great like I feel like I went from like the really top tier down into like some of the stuff that was not so great and that's when I went you know I could Just kind of spiral yeah I was like I could probably <laughs> write something and like I want to because I'm running out of good stuff so I really wrote it because I was like I I'm at a loss here like I'm I haven't found anything good. I think it was like, I read like probably four or five just really bad books back to back. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to do something about this. CK, write the book you want to see in the world. Am I right? Yeah. And then, you know, the other thing too, is that so many of the books I was reading were really focused on white characters. Um, There are not a lot of brown vampires out there and then not a lot of like representation in the genre. Um, And then plus size characters as well. I feel like even if there is that representation, it's still in kind of sometimes a fat phobic lens where we're still yeah. kind of focused on their body size, almost like hyper focused. Yeah, that's so true. And I feel like that comes up a lot in the romance genre just as like an issue, just because, you know, there is so much body description. <laughs> there is. And it can be so unrealistic as well. <laughs> yeah, that is so true. So um, you said that you read just an insane amount of books, uh, particularly during the pandemic. Were they all sort of romance related? Yeah, I like kind of hyper focused on fantasy romance right at the beginning of my reading reading journey. Um, Now I've really gotten into contemporary romance as well. Do you have any recommendations? Oh, yes. Um, I wrote them down. So uh, for (laughs) contemporary romance, anything by Emily Henry. Like, she deserves all the hype she's getting on social media. I'm so glad they're making they're making a movie out of one of her books. And, like, they're just all oh, fantastic. Cool. Um, great romance, but also just wonderful, like, character development. Um, and she's just really smart, and her characters have really great voices. So I love her. Um, I also really enjoyed It Happened One Summer by Tessa Bailey. Um, really good dirty talk in that one, if that's what you're into. Okay. And then, um, <laughs> Set on You by Amy Leah has great plus size representation. Um, Delilah Green Doesn't Care is a super cute sapphic romance. If you're looking for that, that female, female. Yeah. Um, and then from the fantasy romance perspective, um, I really love Scarlet St. Clair's Hades and Persephone's series. Um, I also, I mean, we can't talk about fantasy romance without mentioning the queen, Sarah J. Mass. So, I mean, it's true. She's popular for a reason. They are really good. The hype is, is true. Um, Crescent City mm-hmm. is like one of my all time favorite books. Um, so you really can't go wrong yeah. with those. Do you think that that's a good place to start for anyone who's like wanting to get into the genre? 
I would actually uh, recommend Scarlet St. Clair's Hades and Persephone's series to start. Cool. Or the Bridge the Bridge Kingdom series by Daniel Jensen. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're just not so long. So, like, oh, Sarah yeah. J. Mass, get, they get really long, and there's a lot of them. So that one's kind of like an investment. Um, yeah. So if you know you really like the genre after you kind of do some of these smaller series, then you can really dive in um, to those books because, you know, buying books is expensive. I mean, I'm a library person, so that's, that's great, too. Oh my gosh, that reminds me that we also have to wish, in addition to Valentine's Day, wish everyone a happy Library Lovers Day, <laughs> because that's, that's awesome. what today is too. That's so cool. I'll celebrate that one. It's a single <laughs> one. I'll celebrate Library Day. <laughs> I love the library. Yes. Me too. I it's, thank God I have a library because I was I would have gone broke reading all those books. We love our libraries. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So with like writing romance, there's probably a particular approach to this genre. It sounds like maybe you've written just mostly in this genre, but how would Mm -hmm. you say that it might be different from writing in another genre, if that makes sense? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that, you know, falling in love takes a a particular kind of self-awareness and some compromise and empathy. And so I think if you're going to write about that experience as an author, you really have to be able to, to dive into that. Um, and yeah. so you really need to come from an empathetic place. You've got to dive into your character's thoughts, their emotions, and really look at their, your character's personal growth, because usually they need to do some sort of growth in order to make a relationship work. Uh, and so you can build the most complex world with like, epic fantasy, like, you know, this great world building. But if you are not rooting that love story in some like very familiar human experiences, it's just not going to click. Um, so I think that's yeah. the biggest, the biggest aspect of it. And that I see across the whole genre, contemporary fantasy, paranormal. And that's what I, one of the things I really love about it is that it does have this very human aspect to it no matter how if you're on a planet with blue aliens like you still have this very familiar experience that most people have had and so I think that's the the thing to focus on that's a great way to approach writing in the genre because that's ultimately what people are looking for is to like see a human experience reflected in a story and it's fun to have all these cool different realms and settings but I think you're right that people are looking to really read that human experience. So I love that. So when you are writing, are there any aspects particular to this genre that you find to be difficult? And if so, how do you meet those challenges when you kind of come up against them? It's so funny because romance, of course, we're talking love, love scenes, um, sex scenes, and those were actually the hardest parts for me. Like, um, really? Because yeah, because you can just get so in your head about it and you kind of have to let go of it feeling a little cringy sometimes. Um, particularly when you have characters like talking about being in love, it can feel very cliche and cheesy, Mm -hmm. but you want these heightened experiences and moments. You want it to feel climactic. You want it to really, jump off the page. And so you've got to kind of be able to go there and laugh at yourself and let go of the fact that like some of the things that you're saying, maybe seem cheesy or but but if it's rooted in the truth of the character and what they're feeling, and it makes sense, then it it works. So to overcome that, definitely, um, just kind of let myself be playful with it. 
Um, and part of that was I wouldn't read over anything that I had written while I was writing. So I was only allowed to go forward. I wasn't allowed to go backwards um, okay. until the scene was fully fleshed out because I felt like if I was in a good flow with it, whatever they were saying or however it was, think whatever was going down, it, it was meant to happen that way. And then I could kind of go back and say, ooh, that line didn't work. Or does this physically make sense? Like, how is uh-huh, it actually? Yeah. Like, logistically, how are they doing this? Uh, but I will say it did help to have Grace as an editor because you did an amazing <laughs> job of, of being like, mm, I don't think that they would say that. Or, like, how? How is this happening? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is one of my biggest complaints in in romance in, in some of the sex scenes is, like, I just don't understand. Like, physically, I can't see it in my mind. Yeah. Yeah, because you are like visualizing so it's like (laughs) if all of a sudden somebody's doing something crazy you're like well I'm not sure exactly how we got from point A to point B (laughs) exactly exactly that makes me think too of talking about the logistics of the scene and everything and I wish I'd pulled some up before we started this interview but uh, when you go back and read the excerpts people find of men writing women badly in romances, yes. <laughs> that brings me so much joy to read how cringy those like those sections are. Just it's like, do you need to go back and read that? Is the woman's body really shaped that you can do that? <laughs> exactly, you know, yeah. things like that. Yes. It's so funny to me. You need to know. <laughs> you yeah. need to know what Some you're doing anatomy. before you write it. Yes, <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, and so, like, I, I learned to really love writing those scenes because once you've built up the relationship and it finally happens for your characters, it's so fun. But even as a super sex-positive person, it's still, like, kind of weird at first to, like, actually put that down on on paper, you know? <laughs> Well, you do a great job with it. I feel like I didn't really edit too many things in the spicier scenes of your book because I was like, she nailed it. It's great. Yes. (laughs) So on the flip side, what kind of brings you back? What makes you really, really excited about writing romance? Um, I think that the community of readers is the thing that inspires me the most. Like Mm -hmm. everyone is usually just so welcoming and inclusive and excited about sharing different books and throughout my writing journey I've just found so many different little pockets of wonderful people that I can reach out to that are also writing and I feel like a lot of people in the community felt the same way I do where they didn't see the books that they wanted so they just started writing um, which is super inspiring and also I just love good banter so I feel like that's one of like the great tropes of romance is there's always some good back and forth Um, And Mm -hmm. so that's one of my favorite things to write. It just really like helps build that tension. Um, And Mm -hmm. then those are the scenes that I hear in my head where I can't keep up with the characters because it is just going and I'm just trying to type it as fast as I can. So that's where I get like the most excited. That's cool. So you mentioned that you're taught you sort of talk to people in the community. What is like the most effective way you found to connect with other people? Because I'm sure that our listeners you know, would be interested in hearing about any sort of groups or um, platforms that you that you're able to share? Definitely. I really found going on Instagram, finding other people that are writing in my genre. So other or like indie authors, and then a lot of them have discord groups or a part of different discord groups. And so if you yeah. kind of message them and see what groups they're a part of. I'm part of a couple different Discord groups and we'll do writing sprints together on there. So it's really, that's really been really helpful and really fun. And then, you know, you hype each other's books up when they come out and you're just kind of there to brainstorm with other people, even about like 
making reels or marketing ideas and how to use social media, um, kind of picking other people's brains that have already been doing it too has been really helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think yeah. Discord has been like the best platform for me personally in building those relationships. That's so cool. That's awesome. Alrighty. So what are some strategies you use to effectively build tension in a romance novel? I think, you know, you said the banter is really important. How do you make that happen on the page? I wish I could give like a A, B, and C to like how that happens. (laughs) But honestly, like I said, they're just kind of the characters start like talking in your head for me at least and that's when like the best banter comes in I think of course you need to set up a situation where there's obstacles for your characters you can't really have sexual tension if the characters have nothing stopping them from hooking up and seeing where it goes so you have to have a very clear reason why these two people who are attracted to each other can't get together or else it's just pointless it doesn't make sense Um, so I think Yeah, I think having that conflict, knowing what that is, having it be something that is a a true obstacle that isn't something that a reader would go like, really, that's the reason why they're not getting together. Like, it's got to be, it's got to be some higher stakes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then I think that having a good idea of like, how the attraction started and how it builds kind of the middle of that tension, and that is making it maybe go from a physical attraction to an emotional attraction. And then finally mm-hmm. knowing what the catalyst is going to be for them to overcome that obstacle. Um, yeah. I think, you know, depending on how high stakes your obstacle is, your event that's going to make them finally get together needs to match that. Yeah. There's obviously the physical element, but there's the emotional element too. That could even be potentially more important to like make convincing. <laughs> yes. Yes. I mean, you know, that kind of idea of, like, insta-love, um, and I think a lot of readers in the genre don't necessarily love that trope, and I feel like it is very based on the physical, mm-hmm. and if they don't bring in the emotional later, it just it just really falls flat. So yeah. I, I do think that ultimately, to make it feel like that human experience we were talking about earlier, you really do need to find that connection between these two people. Otherwise, just watch porn. <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's so <much>. true <laughs> right you know there's a story there no I'm just kidding <laughs> right <laughs> um so i forgot to ask you i meant to ask you earlier do you have like favorite romance tropes i think we all do yes yes i do i mean i'm a sucker for enemies to lovers i just love I it, can't love get it enough i will i will anything if anything has it i'll, I'll try i'll read it um <laughs> and i also love a good who did this to you scene Mm-hmm. Um, those are, those are always fun. And I feel like those are very specific to, um, fantasy romance. That's like a yeah. very popular trope. Um, but also friends to lovers. I was kind of just started, I read a couple of friends to lovers books. I did not think I would like it as much as I did. Um, Aww. but there's, I feel like actually those have a great emotional connection because there's already, um, a backstory. They obviously are good friends, so they trust yeah. each other. And so it kind of builds from there. And then I do love a good fake relationship, but it has to be a believable reason why they're faking. If it's not a good reason why they're faking, I just can't buy in. So right. that one I feel like is, is hard to do, but when it's done well, I enjoy it. And then, of course, the one-bed trope. You can't go wrong. Oh, my God. I was going to say. <laughs> I always yeah. have to mention the one-bed trope. <laughs> That's my favorite. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's so good. Classic. <laughs> 
Uh, I love that. Okay. So we've touched on this a little bit. We, we've talked about some of the ways that the genre is kind of currently evolving and how it's evolved in terms of inclusion. So what kind of changes in that vein are you seeing? And like, what do you see for the future of the genre? Well, I think that because more readers are taking it into their own hands and writing their own things. I think we're seeing much more realistic sex scenes in particular. Women aren't orgasming by penetration alone or like 15 times in a row or like the anatomy doesn't make sense. Right. Like we're really seeing realistic female pleasure focused sex scenes, which I think is really important. And I think it's really empowering. When you're able to have a language to talk about what you need, you kind of close that orgasm gap in your own relationship. And readers are also really talking about that as well. So it's taking away a lot of the shame around sexuality. And that's something that I think is really changing the way that people are writing. Um, I also think that the group of people who grew up reading YA, we're older now, we want different things. And we want to see older characters, too. So I feel like there was so much focus on, like, teenagers for such a long time. And now I'm seeing a lot more books about people in their 30s. I read a book about a woman in her 50s. You know, like, this is, we're starting to see age inclusion as well. Not just different body types, not just different races, but also different ages. And I think it's really important. Yeah. um, Because Mm -hmm. sexuality doesn't stop. And so I think representing... Uh, different phases of life as well is is really cool to see. Yeah, me too. Y'all are lucky with the uh, YA and growing up on that. That wasn't really a category when I was young. And my actual first like romance book I read when I was because there wasn't YA accessible, so I grabbed a book from like my mom's shelf. Okay, mom. And started reading it, and it was like right, and <laughs> it was seventh grade. It was seventh grade, and it was uh, VC Andrews. I don't know if you're very aware of them or not, but it's they write some pretty like wild stuff and after she passed it continues her name to write more but it's just all of his really like grocery store level trashy novels there is a place like rich rich families and there's a whole lot of sex and all these things and i'm in seventh grade earning my like pizza hut points yes reading vc andrews (laughs) books (laughs) i read an entire like seven book series my seventh grade summer and i was like wow adults are weird (laughs) yes Oh, there is certainly a place for that, too. (laughs) That's so true. Oh, man, this has been so fun. Okay, so, uh, CK, could you give our listeners, like, one final piece of advice about writing romance? Just to wrap it all on up. I think I'm going to go back to just letting yourself be uncomfortable a little bit. You know, there are going to be times when I think writing the emotions and and writing about love can sometimes feel awkward and cheesy. But uh, if you are really rooting it in your character's truth, if you've really set up uh, scenarios that put them in a place where they can be vulnerable, I think it'll, you can't really go wrong. And so also being very clear about the why they're getting together. What is it about these two people that it, they're relating to each other about? Um, and, and why are they attracted to each other beyond the physical is, is really important. And I, from there, I think you'll have a great foundation and then you can start to play. Then you can start to work on the banter. Then you can start to add in some tropes. Then you can create your world around, around them um, and give them some different conflicts. But ultimately it, you need to have that foundation there to build on. Beautiful. Wow. Thank you so much for talking with us today, CK, and being the first guest on our new season of How Do I Book? Thank you. I'm honored. Truly 
yeah, it was truly such a, such a pleasure talking with you. And thank you for sharing your valuable perspective. Thanks so much for having me. Happy Valentine's Day, everyone. Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day. And that's how you book. This episode was written and edited by me, Grace, and our logo was designed by Michael Hardison. Our theme music was produced by Jason Hilton. Please check out the show notes for a link to the accompanying blog post and visit us online at Wildling Press on social media or at www.wildlingpress.com.